As you begin your sitting this morning, please sit upright. Whether you're on a cushion or a bench or a chair, sit as much as possible on your sits bones so that there's a uprightness from the base of the spine that goes through the back of the neck, And when we're upright in this way, and the front of our torso is open, mindfulness of the body often begins simply with the posture that we're sitting in. This upright and stable posture. And the stability comes from being balanced, not leaning to the right or left or not too far forward or too far back. And please feel free to make subtle adjustments in your posture as you begin to align the body in the sitting posture so that it's both upright and alert and at the same time you let the body relax so you can simply be here and be aware be mindful or bodyful of the experience of sitting in the room now, here. And we've been encouraging an embodied awareness. And so we begin to be mindful of the body, 
through the posture. Or aware of the places of contact, the rear end on the cushion or the bench or the chair. And the sensations of that contact. Or some of us may be aware of the contact of our hands resting on our legs. Some people have one hand in the other hand. And we're aware of this very simple, very ordinary doorway to being here and being aware. Some people may be aware of the contact of the lips touching or the eyelids touching. And we've also been encouraging being mindful of the fact the body is breathing all on its own. And it's very skillful to be mindful of the breath. And for some of us, we may be aware of the breath at the nostrils, the in and out that occurs, which with each breath. Some of us may be aware of the the expansion in the chest and the releasing that happens with each breath. Some people may stay very intimate with the breath at the belly, the rising and falling of the abdomen. 
Some of us might be aware of the whole body as it breathes. Whatever your focus is, the body or the belly or the chest or the nostrils, we want to stay very intimate, very close to the actual experience of one in-breath. And then one out-breath. Then the next in-breath. And the next out-breath. Letting ourselves stay very devoted to being with the body and the breathing. In this way, we're utilizing our aliveness the living breath, or the breath that keeps us alive each moment to begin to bring body and mind together, to begin to center ourselves here in this body, in this place, at this time, Letting our concentration begin to develop so that we're unified with our, the experience we're aware of. And as you practice this morning, feel free to take the time needed to get very present here, very unified with the body and the breathing.
And when you feel present here, aware, then you can let the awareness begin to open up and include some of the other dimensions of our experience. You can be aware of the Vedna that may happen naturally, the liking or not liking, the wanting or not wanting of experience. You may like the breathing or you may be unhappy with the breathing. And so you can notice the Vedna that it can occur just with mindfulness of the breath. Or the breath could be neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And you could be aware of the neutrality that's here as you're mindful of the body breathing. You don't have to go searching for the Vedana. It will reveal itself to you as you stay present and aware. And today we also want to expand the space of awareness to include very actively being mindful or heartful of feelings, emotions, moods that come on their own. Of course, this in this domain of mindfulness, the third foundation is a foundation of being mindful of chitta, heart-mind. So you might be aware of feelings or emotions, or you might be aware of thoughts, memories, plans mental activity. And you don't have to fix it or stop it. We want to be aware of this human experience of body, heart, mind, without being bound to it. And so you'll become aware that you're thinking about what I'm saying or about how your meditation is going 
or about the difference between the meditation today and yesterday. Or you may think about the difference between the meditation today and the meditation you had five years ago. But instead of being enchanted by your thoughts or your memories or your comparing, be mindful that it's happening and you're not even doing it. It happens on its own. Just like feelings or emotions happen on their own. And they come and they fill the space of awareness at times. And we can be aware of them without simply being enchanted by them or mesmerized by them. And of course, as we expand the field of awareness to include the body and the emotions and the mental activity, you'll notice that each or any of them can bring a strong vedna or have a strong feeling tone of liking the thoughts we have or not liking the thoughts we have or wanting the feelings we're having or not wanting them. Or we may be more neutral with thoughts or feelings. And of course we could include the Vedna, especially when it's quite reactive either in a positive or negative way. And we don't have to fix the Vedna. You don't have to like what you don't like. You don't have to not like what you do like. But we can be aware of the experience of being human, being alive here and now as we begin to relax and open with the space of awareness itself. using whatever energy or effort is needed to stay here, stay very present, be here. Enjoying 
here, now, moment by moment by moment.
We have a few minutes for any questions or comments about the instructions or the talks or the retreat. Please. When I've watched um, pleasurable, unpleasurable, neutral before, it's always seemed like there'd be a moment of this and that, and it always changed, but there was a kind of sequentialness to it. And yesterday, all day long, I continually had it like there was something pleasurable and unpleasurable about kind of the same thing happening simultaneously, like touching into some pain of the neglect of childhood and feeling the pain of not getting the attention I wanted, and that's unpleasurable, but then feeling the pleasure of kind of getting to touch that and bring care to it, and similarly, or getting very, very still in the pleasure of that, and then just a little undertone noticing of some roar, you know, and I'm just curious about that simultaneity of it, you know, whether I'm just not noticing that it's coming one after the other or whether things actually fall that way, where where it almost seems like everything has something pleasurable and unpleasurable, and it probably neutral, but I wasn't noticing that. <laughs> Great. You know, beautiful what you're saying, because you're pointing at something that I talk about as... Uh, the paradox of the Dharma. Oh, it's all right here. And and even sometimes we can discriminate it moment by moment and it's but in the in the especially in the the way you're talking about it, that's not uncommon. Oh, it's all right here in this moment. Not it's all right here, oh there's this moment, then that moment, then that moment. They, and they both, here's the other paradox, is they both may be true. There may be the this moment, that moment, that moment experience of pleasure and then not pleasure. But there may also be what you're describing, which is, oh, it's all right here, right now, in this moment. And so I want to encourage you to trust your experience because I trust the Dharma and the Dharma reveals itself through the living experience. Thank you. Yeah. And since I have the mic and I'm one of those people getting older and starting to have difficulty hearing, can I remind people to hold it up like an ice cream cone and not talk like this because when you talk like this it's really hard to hear. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So now I have the ice cream cone. Uh, I really enjoyed the talk on PT and gave me a great insight. And my question has to do with Modita, which I practice Modita, and I find Modita just brings me great joy. I mean, I feel Modita here in the hall, and um, people's, all people meditating bring me a Modita. I'm happy for the joy that brings other folks. And oh, and then so the. Um, Talk a little bit about Modita and Pitti together. How might they be similar, different, or lead to each other? 
So um, mudita, the joy in the joy of others, right? Sympathetic joy. Pardon? Yes, sympathetic joy. Sympathetic. I, I, I have my own interpretation, so I just say joy in the joy of others. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, um, uh, so there's a kind of uh, delight and happiness that comes in seeing clearly the beauty of others and the goodness of others and the happiness of others and even paradoxically sometimes the struggle of others as they're going through something. And so there's a lot of mudita that brings pity. That's what I would say. Thank you. And again, I'll just say a little more because the paradox is we always think one thing is one thing and one thing is another thing. And that has its truth, but it's not the whole truth. And especially Mudita is such a beautiful, heartfelt experience of love. And love brings joy for us. Not always. Sometimes love can bring the opposite, but, but it does. Often it brings joy. We all want love, seek love, look for love, want to be loved. And then, but we often don't pay attention to it right here when it's here. And that brings the pity Well, speaking of piti, um, I, a question came up for me during uh, Gina's talk last night when she was talking about the rapture of sitting and that um, sounded to me like the experience of samadhi, which I also associate with what Eugene was talking about, about when the body and mind come together and so this is um, all one thing or different things you're the pity girl So I don't even know why I'm taking the mic because I'm just going to um, shadow what Eugene said, that it's one thing and it's all things. Uh, so Wait, wait. It's one thing and it's two things. And it's two things. <laughs> and all, <laughs> and all things <laughs> in any moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. So tell me exactly what it is you are. Is, is there confusion or is there... There's a confusion when you say it's two things. Uh, I, in my experience, what I was hearing all sounded like one thing to me. The experience of samadhi gives rise to a rapture 
and it comes from that the moment when there is um, when uh, after for me after a bunch of sitting the the um, the mental activity kind of stops and I'm just experiencing um, um, the aware my awareness all of those sound like the same thing to me so if there are two things could you tell me what's what the, the second thing are what's the second thing that you're think what I'm I'm not that's what, what I'm <laughs> so you talked about rapture right I just mentioned samadhi yeah Eugene talked about right. yeah the, so the unification of the body unification and mind. yeah and and the experience mm -hmm. that the, the rises from that. So, so that's three things, but to me they're all one thing. But if they are two things, please explain. <laughs> <laughs> it's this game of numbers. So so why do why does it have to be one or the other? Because our experience is our experience. So if you're if there's samadhi. And out of samadhi, uh, piti appears, right? So, and piti can manifest in many different ways, right? So, if it's manifesting as that calmness, that unification of body and mind, that's one way that it manifests. Or it can manifest as chills and spills and all kinds of lights and behind the eyes or in the mind or in the body or the body gets rapturous in, in many different ways. So that um, the experience is the experience and, you know, if we call it piti, that's beautiful and we, it's, a, it's a recognition of, oh, there's something that happens when the mind gets unified and, and the, the body and mind get still and, and drop into samadhi. And there's, so I'll confuse you further and say there's also sukha that happens even more deeply after piti. Right? So, and these are all different ways of describing all of these experiences and we may even all have different ways of knowing them, seeing them. It's not really possible for us to know precisely if you're feeling exactly what I'm feeling or experiencing, right? So these are all ways of pointing to what happens in our experience as we, um, as we sit and know our, this present moment experience in a deep way. So, so the you know if it's if it's one thing or two things or three things, it can it can be that it can be one thing in our experience in this moment, and then in another moment it may be three different things. Thank you. That's helpful. I, I want to ask sort of from same thing from 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 a different direction sure. maybe uh, is. PT synonymous with rapture, or is rapture a form of PT? PT is the Pali word that's used to indicate rapture. 
so piti, P-I-T-I, yes. is a Pali word. Yes. Rapture is the, English, is the close enough for English okay. translation. So all of the phenomena of joy you were talking about last night are rapturous. I'm not sure I would say that because there I was talking about different different also different phases of it. Okay. They they can be rapturous. They can be, but they don't necessarily have right. to be. And, you know, there's the kundalini energy that comes up the spine. They're all different ways of manifesting. Yeah. And I would just encourage you to pay attention to where the question's coming from because um, it's nice to know exactly, but maybe you won't know exactly what she said or what she meant. And so I would actually also keep paying attention to your heart and mind mm. while you're here, even if you don't get the answer. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Okay. Um, we have a few announcements. Uh, would, I've got um, a few, here's what you, you're supposed to do, announcements. Show up on time for all sits. Ding. Um, show up on time for the talks. Ding. Um, so that's very helpful if you can do it. And this is an announcement, the bell ringer for the, who's, who's doing the seven o'clock sitting tonight? Raise your hand, if you know, the bell, the sitting. And so what, the sitting, not the bell, the sitting, right? Great. So always, and this is for everybody, when you're sitting up here doing the seven o'clock sitting, ring the bell at 725 because we need a little break between the, the end of the sitting and the beginning of the talk. Otherwise people have to go out or go to the bathroom and then they come in late for the talk. And, we want, and we'd, let, we'd rather have a little more time uh, to be gracious about everything here. So you could even ring it at 723 and we won't be looking, we'll, but we'll be happy that there's more space for us to be here and to stay very present and not rushing to get back, but getting back. Um, pardon? Question. How about for the 2.30 sits? Uh, for the 2.30 sits, um, it's fine, oh, till 3.15? What would you like? To stay on, on, on time for that one. Okay, great. We're just going right into a walking period after that. Okay. Oh, I see. I was thinking it was... 15. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking 11, 15. Okay. Anything else? Okay, please see what it's like... Um, Um, Gina's saying make sure to look at the board for the meetings uh, everybody should meet between yesterday and today you should meet with the teacher if your name wasn't up there yesterday or today come talk to one of us or leave us a note either way 
There, there will be sign-up sheets. They'll be definitely by tomorrow. By lunchtime today. Okay. Okay. Keep keep notice what it's like to keep practicing now while we're talking about uh, scheduling and doing it, doing this. Don't stop practicing being aware of what's happening in your body, heart, and mind, and also externally. You can be aware of both at once. And um, have a great day of practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.